Blog Talk Radio. On November, oh geez, what's the date today? 19th, 2014. November 192014. And my little talk today is about how the internet has helped us expose falsehood in real time, in a flash. You know why I want to talk about that? Because I was reading a story on Facebook just last week, and it gave us a transcript, a transcript of a conversation Johnny Carson had with Lee Marvin on his show many, many years ago. Johnny said, Lee, I'll bet a lot of people don't know that you were a Marine in the initial landing at Iwo Jima and that you earned the Navy Cross and were severely wounded. So Lee says, yeah, I got shot square in the ass, Johnny securing a hot spot about halfway up Suribachi. But I served under, he's continuing, I served under the bravest man I ever knew, and what he did for his cross made mine look cheap in comparison. That dumb bastard actually stood up on the beach and directed his troops to move forward and get the hell out of here. Out of there, not here. Anyway, Johnny, I'm not lying, he said. Sergeant Bob Keyshan was the bravest man I ever knew, but you and the world know him as Captain Kangaroo. Then the article went on to tell us that Mr. Rogers was a, a Navy SEAL in Vietnam with over 25 kills, confirmed kills, and that he was a master in small arms and hand-to-hand combat, and he could disarm or kill anybody in a heart, and he always wore a long sleeve sweater to cover up his tattoos. You know, when I read all this, I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. But then I looked down at the comments, and I saw a link to Snopes.com, Snopes.com. And it turns out that Lee Marvin, he did serve somewhere. He served somewhere in the Pacific during World War II. But none of the other stuff is true. (laughs) Nothing! And then I uh, listened to uh, a YouTube video by a guy named Peter Thiel and Reid Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn. And Peter said, with the Internet, we're moving into a, a transparent world in which sociopathic politicians and business leaders are not going to be able to get away with their offenses so easily anymore because no one's going to forget them. It's going to follow them all over the place. So then Reed, the guy from LinkedIn, he says, look, he says, once the way you treat people becomes part of your network image, I never heard that term before, your network image, it's going to follow you, and that's going to force you to be good because you're going to have to live with the consequences of your behavior. But you know what? No one posts any bad stuff about candidates online. I've never seen it. And I know that Jerry had a split partner who never paid him, and he didn't expose her online because he didn't want to get dragged into the mud 
by a fight with someone who's totally unpredictable and might be willing to say anything, all kinds of terrible things that would get associated with Jerry's name on Google but would not be true. He'd spend the rest of his life trying to hide those lies. But that's not us. We're here today to expose the truth about recruiting on Jerry Jerry. What show is this? The Recruiting Animal have you back okay thank you i was out last week which is why you say that yeah today direct from apparently zuko world headquarters our guest calls her home zuko world headquarters uh i don't want to say she's self-important she'll have to tell us and we'll see her name is tammy colson tammy colson are you there hey animal hey jerry i'm here hi tammy you're not on a good phone i kind of knew it I checked in on you a minute ago. You're not on a good phone. What kind of phone are you on? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm on the only phone I own, so this is what we got. Uh-oh. That's right, Maureen. That's right. Just just before we go, I want to say it again. Shame on you. You're an American. You could have some good technology, okay? Shame <laughs> on you. Are you ready hang to sing? Are you ready to sing, Tammy? Sing? I don't sing. You yeah, never listen to the show. Don't tell me. Uh, your husband's uh, been on the show. Come on. Her husband's on. Frank fan. Okay, we're going to sing. Uh, it's an easy <clears throat> song. Tammy, I'll teach you the lyrics right now. You know, Don't Bring Me Down by the Beatles? I'm familiar with the song, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's just two lines. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. You know that? Yeah. So that's what we're going to sing. Just get it over with, Tappy. Don't resist me, okay? You're a Marine. You're a Marine. Did you call her Kathy? Did you call her Kathy? Did I? Tammy. Sorry. I don't know so, anybody Tammy, else. I am sorry. Actually, I know I'm... someone named Tamara called herself Tammy. Okay. So we're going to go. Uh, Maureen knows the song, too. Come on. You should help us, okay? You ready, we'll Tammy? We'll help you. We'll help you, Ready, Tammy? Tammy? I, I, I am ready. Okay. One, two, Three. Three. Don't bring Don't me bring down. Bring Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. Yeah, one more. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. Don't bring bring me down. Where's the Marine? Where's your courage? Come on, I test you people at the beginning of every show, and I can tell who's a Marines have courage. We also have brains. <laughs> we know don't, our limits. <laughs> don't you don't, or you wouldn't join, okay? True story. Tell us who you are in 30 seconds. I don't know, I'll say one 30 thing. 30 seconds. There's a guy here uh, who used to fix computers. I'll just let me say something. And he told me that during the training for the Marines, they tell you, don't tell your friends because no one will join if you do, okay? So I speak from knowledge. Who are you? 30 seconds. 
I am a recruiting strategy consultant in Cleveland, Ohio, and my focus is educating employers and hiring managers and recruiters on training, attracting, retaining veterans, and transitioning military people. That's who I am. Yeah, but you don't just work with veterans, do you? I do not. I do not just work with veterans. I do some retained recruiting, but my focus is on veteran hiring initiatives. Okay, and and you're a recruiter. You're a hands-on recruiter. You're not just a, a trainer. Is that right? Correct. So we're just trying to establish uh, this stuff. Now, you actually grew up in the recruiting business. I read your background. You're, uh, you said, I was raised in recruitment, and I mean that literally as in dad was the boss. It sounds like there's some resentment there to a, an autocratic manager. Am I right about that? <laughs> A little bit, of, little bit of resentment for an autocratic manager, but yeah, I did. I started when I was 15 and worked in my father's uh, agency. He had owned a Robert Half franchise, mm. and it was, if you want clothes and food on the table, you better come to work, and so I came to work, um, and that lasted a couple of years. Okay, now was that... And then I went and did other things. Hold on, was that threat the thing that bothered you, or was there some way that he ran his business that you didn't like? I would say that it was a little bit of a threat, um, but I honestly and, tr- and truly fell in love with the, with recruiting, and so much so that when my father's business kind of went in another direction, I legally changed my name so that I wouldn't be associated with that failure, so that when I could go into business for myself, I wouldn't be associated with his last name. Okay, so, now yeah, you start- I did. You started when you were 15. How old were you when you changed your name? 18. Eight, 18. Wow, that's pretty radical. You wanted it was. To dis- it was. Disassociate yourself from your parents. Very interesting. This is getting a little more dramatic than I expected. Next question. Can a teenager be a good recruiter? I mean, you were uh, 15 years old when you started. Um, I was a good young recruiter. I was successful at what I was doing, but I was young and I was inexperienced. And, you know, I was fortunate that I had some really good recruiters that worked for my dad, people I'm friends with today that helped me to learn and helped to train me. Okay, what's the difference between someone who starts when they're 25 and 15? 15 15-year-olds are more likely to get distracted. Okay, that's, that's it, eh? That's not that's so, yeah, it's so a maturity we're... thing. No, okay, that's not much of an answer. Okay, so you said, uh, what did you say? You said it's refreshing to see recruiting companies truly become consulting firms. What does that mean? Good recruiting agencies, good recruiting companies, RPOs. Can you when talk louder? Ab- I got people sure. who have to hear you on the recording. I can eh? hear just fine. <laughs> when... An agency has the ability to build that relationship with their client or build the relationship with with the companies that they're working with and be, and become consulting uh, avenues. That no, no, is. In a, give me an example. Oh, just by a sec. Hold on. 
John John Brzezinski, he's right. I had it written, Don't Let Me Down. But at the last minute, I thought maybe the song is Don't Bring Me Down. And then I said to myself, who cares? It works either way. Okay. So also, Kelly Blockdyke, I like your new picture, by the way, on Twitter. It's very nice. Thanks for the feedback. What were you saying? You were saying something boring, okay, Tammy? Put it in a good way. Tell me a real story about what a recruiting firm that is a consulting firm is, okay? okay. Otherwise, I work... I work with a company. Let me set it up to make it easier for you. A consulting firm is someone who goes to the hiring manager and says, I've taken a look at your operation. This is what you need. This is what I advise you to do. Okay, is that what you're talking about? And if so, example, please. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. One of the things that I do when I work with a company is I'm looking not only at the individual marketing associate that I need to hire, but what that what those hiring managers are, are truly looking for, what they need to do to train those people. And that's the kind of advice that I give my clients. And I see this in a lot of other agencies, good agencies as well. Jerry's is a good example. But shout out to Jerry. But the work that I'm doing with my clients is specifically how to make the, their hiring and attraction and retention better. Example, remember what I said? Example, the marketing associate that I've been working with, working job I've been working on right now is with a great startup here in Cleveland. Unfortunately, because they're a startup, they can be a little wild west in their decision-making processes. And one of the things that I have had to do with that hiring team is coach them on how to attract someone local to Cleveland who isn't used to working in a startup. We don't. What do you do? The startup uh, space uh, in Cleveland okay. is growing, but it's not there yet, so people don't understand. Okay, so you're, you're not recruiting the people for them. You're telling them how to do it. Is that right? So why do you have to I'm tell them that. how to hire? You're doing it. Why do I have to tell? Because they have to keep them. Because they have to do the interviews. Okay, so I'm just not tell the us, decision maker. Tell us what's the stuff, what, 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 what are you advising them? I'm curious. Are you free to tell us how to you get someone local who wants to work there in a startup? I have to... One of the things I've had to do is is educate them on how to approach these people in the course of the interview. It's a very data-driven company. It's a great company, but very data-driven. But they want to hire someone for their marketing role that's very creative. There's an immediate disconnect between those two conversations because they don't, they know what they need. They don't know how to get it. You so know, you keep talking around in- it. You don't. You're irritating me, Okay. Don't beat around the bush. Just tell me what you're doing. Don't don't be so general. Oh, you know what? I'm ready to move on to the next question. You said in another interview, when I worked the desk before the dot-com bust, it was all about numbers, competition boards, and cutthroat fee schedules. I left feeling like I had been in a fighting ring all day. What What does that mean? Old school agency recruiting. You're calling... 150 people a day, companies and or candidates, and 99% of the time you're getting shut shut down. It's like being in a fighting ring. And when you're pitted against another recruiter at the same time, it's a constant battle. It's not collaborative. It's competitive. It doesn't breed the ability to work together as a team. It breeds people who want to stab each other in the back for a fee. Okay. So you're never you- going to get a good split. You're never going to get someone who's going to help you in a pinch because they're more likely to pull the rug out from underneath you. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's okay. a fighting ring. It's, not an, it's okay. not an environment I like to work in. And you also said never allow any exceptions in the way you run your recruiting business. It's the death knell 
of principles. Never allow any exceptions. What do you mean by that? If you've developed a good process as a recruiter, you have to work within your own process. When you change your process to accommodate a client, you're going to change it the next time to accommodate the next client and then the next client. And at some point, you lose your process, which means you're no longer that good recruiter they hired you to begin with. They hired you to be to begin with. You have a story? And it's a constant battle. You have a story? Prime, exa- prime example, I have a client who uses an ATS that does not work. It was set up poorly. There is no responsiveness in the, in the system. There's no communication to candidates in the system. And that's the system they want us to use to recruit candidates through. I have my own system. I have my own ATS. I use that. Why do I use that? Because it works and because I can so, be responsive so, so, to candidates and be so responsive tell to us, hiring tell us, uh, uh, tell us how do you deal with your client. What do you say? No way I'm using this. You want me to use it? I'm out of here. Is that what happened? Either that or I find a workaround. I find a way no, to No, no, what happened in real life? Inf- I want a real life story. Don't make me beg, okay? I'm not Frank. Sure. I'm not Frank. (laughs) Man's never begged a day in his life. Anyway, real life story. I created a spreadsheet out of a a report that my ATS runs to give the client the information they want in the format they want it while using my own process to recruit their candidates. So they get a spreadsheet once a week. It's a pain in the tuchus, but I charge them for it. That's tuchus, okay? It's not tuchus, just so you know. And, 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 and also, okay, so you didn't have to fight with anybody. You see, what? I'm gonna just not going to fight with you. I'm just going to keep moving on. Now, I didn't give you the proper uh, introduction yet because, you know, lots of people don't tune in until a little while later. Your name is Tammy Cole, C-O-L-S-O-N. Uh, your Twitter name is T-L Coulson. There's a lot of Tammy Coulsons on Google, by the way, so... You have to really differentiate yourself there, disambiguate yourself. T.L. Coulson, uh, is there a website that's associated with your recruiting business? Not at this time. Okay, why is that? Tell us, uh, did you make uh, a strategic Because I, I went out on my own three months ago, and it's in the process of being created, and it should launch by the first of the year. Okay, and you've also got and a And because they're fairly unnecessary. <laughs> Do you agree with Jerry? Generally Jerry's speaking, you're right, Jerry. Well, I get most of my you, business uh, through. Why don't you uh, direct us to your recruiting website? If you're I, I don't want to, business. okay? I don't want to. RecruitingAnimal.com. RecruitingAnimal.com. Now, listen, yeah, I'm talking yeah. to Tammy, okay? Tammy. Tammy. Right. But you've also got a sideline, Miss Wino, right? Yes. Okay. W I. It's a wine business. O-H. If you're interested in that, I'm not talking about it. But Now, look, if you have an odd name like Peaches, if someone has an odd name like these are real, you know, celebrities, kids, Peaches, Geldof, uh, Apple, uh, whatever her name is, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow's kid, Apple, or Bubbles. I, I actually met someone on Sunday whose name is Bubbles, okay? So uh, if your name is that, should you change it if you're a candidate or even a recruiter? Should Unless you change that's your it? stage name. Well, well, yeah, unless it's your stage name. Um, you know, if it's your name, embrace it. Okay, so if you it's wouldn't have detrimental. You wouldn't have, change it. You, I mean, you if wouldn't have if any you're losing prejudice. a job because of it. 
Okay, if you saw uh, Bubbles uh, Smith on a, a resume, you wouldn't have any prejudice against that, or or Apple Jones, or, or you know something like that. It wouldn't be a problem for you, right? From the at the very beginning, no. I'm going to hold an email address against them more than that. Their name. They didn't name themselves. It's just, just so their parents were stupid. I can't. Anybody hold it else got a comment on that? Anybody <laughs> else? Yeah, I'm not buying it, and I won't get too pedantic, but I'm tweeting right now, pinging you, Animal, about when Freakonomics did a study of names and later careers and how they relate, and it statistically shows that your name, if it's Peaches or Bubbles or Taniqua or whatever it is, is going to seriously inhibit your career. It's not okay. me. It's science, man. No, no. Those were actually – but that, there was a racial element there, too, because those were all also, popular. Also, also, it's, it's, we joke and say if you're Brandy, your name's Brandy, you're going to end up on the poll. I don't think it's racial. I think it's names. Okay. okay. I think it's prejudice, and it doesn't belong in recruiting. Okay. Fine, Peaches. Okay. Well, uh, I, agree, I agree without a shadow of a doubt that it's prejudice, but it's – the worst—it's one of the worst kinds of prejudice, the unconscious, where we're making the distinction at a level besides, you know, the the obvious. You did, tell, tell me about it, uh, Jerry Albright. Okay, old pasty white guy. That's all that name says. It's—it's yeah. it's been nothing but a thorn in my side since I was born. I, I, I've seen your picture, Jerry. I—I I, I don't know where we're going with this. Okay, okay, look. Hey, unfortunately, look. I was born in an era where Debbie Reynolds did these movies called Tammy and the yeah, Bachelor, lucky, Tammy and the Doctor. <laughs> I have lived with it for 44 years. Uh, look, 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 Tammy, back, back back, to business. How would you reply to this email? You send out an email or an in-mail to um, someone you want to recruit. You get an email back. Thank you for your interest. However, I do not do business with recruiters or recruiting companies. That's a real thing. I got it from uh, one of Jerry's friends. I don't know if Did I want to from in. a closed recruiting group by chance. No mention of any name, I, Jerry. Don't hassle how me, How do okay? I respond to that? Yeah. Just checking. Thank you for your time. If you ever just decide to change your mind, let me know. Have a good day. Next. So you don't try to persuade someone to talk to you. Is that what you're telling me? Heavens no. They don't want to talk to me. I'm okay with it. There's another person out there. Anybody want to argue with her and tell her she's not doing a good job? No, because she's doing a good job. What, do you want to convince some dickwad to send you his resume and then hassle you the next time you talk? You know if what? I have to sell real. them on talking to me, I'll never sell them on the job, and I shouldn't be selling the job to begin with. Okay. So if, if a candidate, so you don't sell the job, so you don't try to persuade anybody to take a job either. Is that right? I tell them what the situation is. I tell them that this is the company, this is the environment, this is the job you're going to be doing, this is the good, bad, and ugly about the people you're going to work with. What do you think? Because if I sell them a fantasy, they take the job, it sucks, who are they going to blame? Who mentioned fantasy? Who mentioned fantasy? Who said anything about lying, okay? I'm just saying the person, this person, like uh, the email I, I just gave you, they don't know you. They don't know anything about you. The point is to sell them reality, dear, not their own fantasy. Now, if somebody goes out to an interview, they, first of all, they assume they want to talk to you. They go out to an interview, they get an offer, and uh, they say, you know, Tammy, I, I don't think I'm interested. Uh 
Well, uh, here, I'll give you a different situation. Somebody goes out to two interviews. The company likes her. They give an offer. She says yes. Then a few days later, she calls you, and she says, you know what? I was speaking to one of my colleagues, and he told me that nobody he knows who works at that company where I'm going, none of them are happy with it. They don't like working there. I'm not sure I made the right decision. What are you going to do? I'm going to find out the details of why. Because it could be one department completely unrelated. It could be one manager completely unrelated. Or it could be that the, co- the company is just awful. I've had to sell jobs, or not sell jobs, I've had to recruit people into companies that, generally speaking, were awful. I didn't last very long as a recruiter there because I really couldn't drink the Kool-Aid. But sometimes it happens. And sometimes you do have to find people that are going to go into a not an optimal situation. So okay, you find you out answer. the details. And if you can okay. counter it, you do. If you don't, you say, you know, maybe you made the right decision and you move on. Okay, so you would find you a would just let someone slip you would let a placement slip through your fingers that way, is that right? I wouldn't let a placement slip through my fingers, but if it's not a right match, it's not a right match. Okay. Does anybody else agree with her about that situation where the person says, Oh, I spoke to somebody in my office and they said it's not a, a good place to work? Nobody's ever had anything or has no comments. Animal um, you're talking about oh, hold on a second, let me I was I was drifting. Go ahead. You're talking about a candidate who's considering a job, and all of a sudden somebody comes out of the woodwork that used to work there that says, hey, that place sucks? No, they don't even work there. The candidate, Jerry, wake up, okay? The candidate. <coughs> has, first day back, dude. Give me a break. The candidate, candidate actually accepted the job already, then oh. calls you back a few days later after she told somebody who works at the next, next desk, and he said, that's a crappy company to go to. Nobody's happy there. What would you do, Jerry? Mm, I'd, I'd dig a little bit deeper. I'd, I'd find out who said something and what they say. Yeah, okay. Oftentimes, oftentimes, it's somebody that used to work there that failed, that left the company. No one leaves the company and says, man, I just left the greatest place ever to work. <laughs> so usually when people leave a company, they've got bad stuff to say. You're at any one time, you could find somebody to say something bad about every place. It's just a fact. Deal with the Alejandro? facts. Alejandro? Yeah, I mean, the, both Tammy and Jerry's responses were absolutely right. This, these things don't happen in a vacuum. You can't just say, somebody did this, what are you going to do? It's too scenario-based. You've got to dig into that and figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah, without the information, you can't respond appropriately. Well, you, you, remember, you I'm listening to this from a, I'm seeing this from a, from a corporate, corporate side, not an agency side. Yeah, corporate. Yeah, corporate. Mike Cox. <laughs> Mike Cox. Yeah. Mike Cox. Yep. What were you saying? I was saying you just have to be able to unpack that and have a conversation. Okay, that's what everybody said. Okay, I was a lousy question, I guess, way too general. Cammy, <laughs> what do you want to talk to? Does anybody <laughs> want to talk to Sammy about something that's going to be more interesting than what I'm doing? Come on, help me. Nobody has anything to say. Help me. Hi, Tammy. Tammy. So let's okay, talk Tammy. about Veterans Hiring Initiative, because this no, is no, something no, that's yet. important. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Not yet. Time not for me yet. to grab an energy bar. Yeah, go with, off uh, peanut butter, chocolate chip. Whatever yep. you do, Jerry. Just, you know, go off. Go away for a little while. I don't care. You're not listening anyway. 
You're not trying I'm to make listening. it more I'm interesting. Listening. You're not trying to make it interesting. You're doing nothing. I asked I'm you trying, man. Sorry, I was wandering. I was wandering. I didn't say that anyway. out loud. I said that out loud. <laughs> you said that out loud. What an idiot. I'm okay. sorry. Give me a minute. Look. Look, Tammy, we will let's go to a a, a a military thing. Somebody said on Facebook, I I I'm afraid to mention any names, but he said, Look, I'll go to a VP of HR to get a degree waiver memo exception. To get an exception for a twenty year army vet with an SCI slash some kind of specialized experience. He's the best qualified it's a candidate. Yeah. He's the best qualified candidate. Not to mention he'll add diversity to our team. Sometimes these degree requirements are nuts. If someone has done a job for 20 years, they kind of know how to do it. Have you ever done that? Go back to the VP of HR and demand that the veteran get hired. Have I demanded a veteran get hired specifically? No. Have I demanded somebody – have I requested that someone with extensive experience – in, in their field and just doesn't happen to have a degree, get hired? Yeah, I have recommended that many times. How did you do it? How did you do it? It's You make the business case for the for the job. I had a marketing um, manager that I was hiring who did not have an MBA. Everybody we've hired in the last two years has had an MBA for this role. And I made the business case based on that person's previous experience in the same role in other companies and prove to the hiring team that this person could do the job and the MBA wasn't necessary. If they really wanted him to get the MBA, he could do that with the education benefits that the company provided. But it wasn't necessary to hire this person. They liked him. They thought he'd be a good team fit. He had all of the experience they needed. He had proven that with examples of the work that he'd done. Okay, my experience is different. If they ask for, like, I remember I was recruiting auditors once, and they asked for somebody who had a. a is, is this the old one time I was recruiting auditors story? There's a lot of. You need them. a new one, dude. I used to do it often. This is a different story, okay? Okay. And there was a bank that had a lot of auditors, but they needed a CGA. And so this guy had an MBA. I remember clearly. Had an MBA, had lots of experience, but he didn't have a CGA. They wouldn't take him. What should I have done? They wouldn't take him because he didn't have some certification? Yeah. Have him get the certification after he starts. Thanks. If, he can, okay. if, he, if they prove yeah. it, if, he, if he can prove he can do the work. Yeah, okay. okay, fine. Fine. You're not a specialist in any one field. You're a generalist recruiter. Is that right? Mm, I do specialize in, in a few areas, but in one single area, no. I work very deeply in IT. I work very deeply in marketing and communications um, and in business analysts uh, in simil- similar job titles like oh, business analysts. Tongue-tied? Don't get tongue-tied, okay? Now, look, if somebody gave you a search for a medical secretary tomorrow, would you could you do that search for them? Probably not. I'd probably turn it down. I don't have a pipeline in the field. Okay, what do you mean you have a pipeline? Do you talk to the same people all the time? I talk to the – I have knowledge of several industries. So do I talk to the same people all the time? No, but do I talk to a lot of people in similar in the same field? Yes, I do. Okay, so you don't just go to LinkedIn or go to some industrial directory and start searching for people. Is that right? How do you, how do you source your people? 
A lot of different ways. My husband accuses me all the time. I'll talk to anybody about anything. Um, Generally, it's because I want to know what they do, so maybe they'll be a candidate someday. But I have communication. I I meet people. I talk to people on LinkedIn. Read my lips, okay? Listen to me. Listen closely, okay? Now, I'm asking you, if you go out and find a medical secretary, because you've never recruited a medical secretary before, you said, no way, I don't have a pipeline. What does that mean? You, you've got an established stable of a pipeline. You've got a stable of people you have relationships with in our uh, in communication with on a regular basis in some way, okay? And then so you go and to I'm them. And I'm constantly building that network, yes. Okay, so you've got your own database of candidates. Is that all you work with? Don't you go outside it? Sure, I go outside it. I'm I'm networking all the time. I am linking, do, using LinkedIn and and networking with people constantly. That's how you. Otherwise, it's a stale database. I mean, yeah, great, I but oh, no, I don't understand. When you get, I'm sorry, is this boring? There's a lot of people on the line. Before you hang up, tell me. Say I can't stand listening to you anymore. We like Sammy. They can't stand listening to me. Like Not Sammy. me. They didn't say you, okay? But here's my point. I'm asking if, you know, when you get a job order, whatever you call it, a search assignment, do you ever go out looking for people who aren't already in your database? Sure, all the time. Oh, so why can't you do that for a medical secretary? I'm just not re- very familiar with the field. I don't work in the medical field. So you, you wouldn't know how energy, to There's probably 15 people that could do it faster than I can. I'd rather refer somebody to someone who has specialty in the field. I know I'm going Also, if, if it's ahead, just Alex. a one-time thing, I mean, it may not be worth diverting your resources from an area that you're already strong in. What, like uh, Jerry said, you know, synergy is important. Just keep working in the area that you're at, and opportunities are going to continue to present themselves. Okay. You, you know research what? each opportunity. I just did a bunch of education stuff that is completely different than what I'm doing. But yeah. I got three in a row, and they were all on retainers, and now I'm opening up other areas. you got to research into it and see if it's worth your time. To do that, I would never do a search in a field that I am unfamiliar with on a contingency. That's wasting time. And conversely, how would you expect uh, a company to give you a retainer for a position you've never done? So it's kind of a catch twenty-two. So you're out. It is. You're out. Hold on, no, well, and I'm okay with that. There's business elsewhere. I just did it. Alejandro just did it. Okay, you must have missed that, Jerry, while you were eating your pizza. Okay. It was good. It was the energy bar. Whatever it was. He was eating I'm eating all kinds of stuff bar. today. I'm on the feed. Yeah, Hang I mean, a feed bag wondering. on me. I'm done. I'm wondering <laughs> if a real recruiter, I mean, i got to tell you, both the people I'm talking to, except Jerry, they're both ex-Marines or people with Marine backgrounds. I thought they're supposed to be resourceful. Take on challenges. Okay, find someone. No, 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 that's not for me. Uh, I'm wondering, you can't you go out tomorrow and find someone completely different? You know, when I was on active duty, we had a saying, it's easy to be hard, but it's hard to be smart. You know, sometimes you got to pick your battles. You okay. see what makes sense and what's right for you. Yeah, you're and not bringing not it into context. Make you money, it's not going to be good use of your time and resources. It's a waste of your you're time. You're not putting context on it, animal. Is is this, uh, you say medical secretary? Yeah. Um, is, is this the fourth position that, people have asked Tammy to recruit on this week, or is she out in the middle of nowhere, tumbleweed blowing by, about ready to be foreclosed on? There's a Jerry, difference. Jerry, what? if I asked you to find a medical secretary, could you do it? Yeah, I could probably do it. 
Okay, there you go. Okay, now Tammy, Tammy, still with me? Yes. Okay. But let me now, add. Sorry, I wandered. Yeah, don't do I that. I may or may not want to. Okay. Now, Tammy, Tammy, just if something goes wrong, just say, look, I'm losing the shows. It's going downhill. You have to be different, recruiting animal, and I'll respond to you. I'm very yeah. responsive. Yeah. Okay? Help me help you. Yep. Help That's the key me to this help show. you. Okay, you want to talk about veterans, but I don't want you to make speeches about veterans. Go ahead. You take the show for a while where you want it to go. Vet, okay, we, we, I had put out there that I wanted to talk about veteran hiring because this is something I'm very passionate about. And one of the things Northeast Ohio has done, the Veterans Commission has done, is created a certification for companies. To be, for a company to be able to say, we know how to recruit and retain veterans. So this is, some, this is a, a committee that I've been working on. And you're giving and companies certification. We are, I personally am helping companies obtain the certification. And it's 14 steps. It's not a wink and a nod and you get a sticker certification for, to be a, a military-friendly employer. This is in-depth data collecting, program placement, training of hiring managers and recruiters it's we are going to be committed to doing this is there any advantage like hold on we got a lot of recruiters online what can they take away from what you're telling us right now come on with a little knowledge and a little dedication this problem that we have of u.s veterans and u.s transitioning military of them being at 10 percent for males and 20 percent for females unemployment can be fixed Okay, just tell uh, tell us like three things that we can do, or you know someone can do in order to improve. Boy, you sound really interested, animal. I don't live in your country. I don't live in your country. Okay, I'm a foreigner. So you can do this in Canada too. Get away from H1Bs, and that that'll fix it. Okay, Tammy, three things that someone like Travis or Jerry could do to be better at uh, helping uh, or getting veterans hired? Use a military occupational specialty translation tool. They're available out there. There's probably two or three that are really good. One is run Where? by the... Where? Don't you say the they're spe- available? The She's military. on her way to telling us. I had my pencil out, dude. There's one run by the VA called Feds for Vets, and it's a military trans- a skills translation tool. That's one thing you can do. The second thing is when you see a veteran who's done the job you're looking for, but you're not sure if they've exactly done the job you're looking for, call them. Ask them the question. One of the problems we have is we bypass these people because their resume isn't civilian perfect. It's not going to be. They've done a job for the military. This applies for Canada. It applies for the U.S. doesn't make a difference. The third thing they can do is, is educate their hiring managers that these people are really damn good at what they do. Now, I'll go 98% of them are really damn good at what they do. There's always 2% that's bad. But don't let the 2%, you know, that, well, we hired this Navy guy and and he didn't show up for work. Well, so I'm never going to hire another veteran because one idiot didn't show up for work. I'm never going to hire another human being because that one idiot didn't show up for work. Yeah, okay, well, you're saying 98% are really good. 98% are really good. If that was absolutely true, then they'd be a preferred recruiting source, don't you think? They should be a preferred recruiting source. But many employers and hiring managers and recruiters 
have a predisposition, a bias of, well, this person is going to be like X, Y, Z. This person is going to be stayed and want to be told what to do and want to stay within a certain process and never change and never grow because they've always been told what to do for 10 or 15 or 20 years, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. Okay. Anything Especially else? In the last ten years. That's three things. No, but you and, asked me. You asked me for three. Those are three. Okay, so I'll move on. But I was giving you a chance to add to it if you thought there was some other essentials. Don't make me boring. Try those to make are the those are the top Help three me. easy low hanging fruit things that people can do. Okay. It's easy low hanging fruit. Cammy, let's let me turn the tables. You help me be interesting, okay? I got to come back next week. I want to have listeners try to help <laughs> me, okay? Have pity for me, okay? Try to help me. Now look, I got a question for you. Has LinkedIn changed resumes? There was a guy arguing with me yesterday. I commented on his article from Inc. Magazine or Fast Company, whatever it was. His name is Jer Marketer. G E R E marketer he said linkedin has changed what a resume is and should be that sounds like nonsense to me what do you think i think linkedin has been has enabled us to flesh out who we are as candidates and as professionals it gives you a, a third dimension on your on you know putting yourself out there because resumes are very two dimensional or very one dimensional and it's we've fallen into a rut of this is what a resume should look like. So, yes, I think LinkedIn has enhanced that. I'm glad has you didn't change any examples of how you did it. People love making general statements here. They never say, you know what, yeah, I think LinkedIn has changed what a resume uh, is, and this is why specifically. No specific. No specific okay, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Good. You pulled up yesterday and posted two articles that were either written by me or about me, couple of years ago. Honest truth is I completely forgotten about them. Those two articles are now on my LinkedIn profile. That's not something I can put on a resume. Resumes are, are a piece of paper. You can't click on the link in an ATS. Those examples are now on my resume, or I'm now on my LinkedIn profile. It's made it three-dimensional. It's given people more information about who I am. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, this so guy... that's how it's changed the way we advertise ourselves. Okay. Yeah, the thing is, he said he was kind of saying that LinkedIn has uh, had a, an effect on the resume itself. So resumes, which you're keeping distinct from LinkedIn, have not changed. The LinkedIn profile is different from a resume. Is that right? That's what you're saying. Until companies, until companies, until a vast majority of companies accept a LinkedIn profile link as a resume, we will still have resumes. That's not happening. LinkedIn profiles are out of date. They're incomplete. They're uh, erroneous. There's no way that's happening because you're looking at a resume as, you know, that's what the background check is going up against, right? So there's LinkedIn profile. We make resumes a legal document. We didn't. I'm not saying that we did, but I'm saying if you want that job and I'm going to do the background check, then it better be accurate. I, okay, I would agree good. with that. It should be accurate, but I don't yeah. know that it's. We I think we've started holding candidates responsible for wording on their resumes, or well, you didn't list this job you had for three months when you were out of work because you worked part time at the Sheets. We're holding candidates responsible for things like that when 
resumes are really a marketing tool. And I don't know that that's a good thing for companies to do or agencies to do, to say this must be a legal document. Because the word's not out. It's not like it's standard. It's not like it's it's the law. It's just become that way. I don't way. think that uh, agencies are doing that. I think that hiring managers are doing that, and companies are expecting accuracy when they pay me money to get somebody who says this is what my experience is. So you could ver- you should ver- and I agree you should verify the experience. Okay, I'm moving, the I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. We're getting bogged down. Moving- I yeah, I well, I just, you know, people say I don't give that. I cut everybody off. I didn't do it, okay? True or false? I got this from Kevin Wheeler, okay? The web is your CV. You already said it's not true. The web, He said the web is your CV, and social networks are your references. You, we already said that's not true. But this is what yeah, he's going correct. around. People are going around with their slide shares and uh, their growth, growth or their slide decks. And they're telling people, the web is your CV, and social networks are your references. Untrue. Anybody disagree with me? Unfortunately, I do think it's true. I don't think it's right, but I think it's true. I think we have become a society of, oh, I'll just Google that person. Or I'll just check their Twitter account, or I'll just check their Facebook and see what they say. And then we make judgments on personal lives that really don't have any bearing on the work life. Okay, nobody else so agrees with it's you on the true, show. But it's yeah, no, not nobody right. coming up agree with you, okay? But uh, good, stand alone, <laughs> Tammy. That's okay. I'm happy to have you with backbone. Okay. Now uh, this guy, I can mention his name, Joshua Jones, JJ, Joshua Jones, he had a posting this week about how to create an irresistible in mail. First, you have to do three steps. First, you have to do some planning. You look at your uh, the guy's LinkedIn profile. I can't talk today. You look at the profile for an interesting icebreaker. Okay, so he gave the example of he finds somebody who was co-captain at the varsity wrestling team when he was in college. The next step is creating the subject line. So with this guy, he asks us in the subject line, What's your favorite wrestling finishing move? And then (laughs) the next step is the opening line. He says, this is what he says, word for word. I'm only half serious. You can ignore that question since my primary purpose was to get you to read my in-mail instead of deleting it along with the dozens of others we all choose to ignore. This is what he calls an irresistible in-mail. What do you think of that? I call it spam. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. You, you be straightforward. Hey, I'd love to chat. Or even better, don't use in-mail. Get their email address and email them directly. Then have a conversation. Okay, There's well, what do you 97 put? things you can, you can what do put you in put? an email what do you put that in? will make it interesting. Well, will you tell well, us? I Give us an, an example. Uh, I look for something that we have in common. Uh, For example, veterans are easy for me. Hey, you know, I was a Marine. I served at such and such at the the air wing. I did this job. I saw that you were, were, let's have a chat. I have an interesting job in a, running a, a shift at Nestle that I'd love to chat with you about. And I get probably a 70% response rate. 
You know what? You're you're like I don't have yourself. a lot of work with inmates. I'm not a fan of inmates. Yeah, but you're positioning yourself as a, the member of uh, an oppressed minority. Okay, hey, I'm one of you guys. You know, just like if you were all, uh, you know, from Andorra or or you know Micronesia. All of a sudden, they see somebody else, you know, in the United States. Hey, yeah, she's my sister. I'm going to talk to her. That's kind of different. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a good example. I'm glad to hear what you do. Uh, anybody else got a comment about Joshua Jones, irresistible in mail? Oh. One of the things that we found very uh, successful at Nestle was talking about the news of Nestle, whatever it was we were doing. Prime example is they moved all of their pizza to Cleveland. All of their pizza production and marketing has been moved to Cleveland. And so we sent out emails talking specifically about that move and about how that was going to enhance the Nestle business. If you like it snow. Wasn't a, this is the it wasn't for a was that one? Yeah. direct, we have a job for you. It was, hey, this is really cool and exciting, and we'd love to talk to you about it. And we were targeting people who were in the industry, in the market, in marketing, that, and, and particularly from the Midwest, because that's where a lot of the, the food companies are. So it was very specifically targeted, and we had a good response rate from that. Yeah, I don't I'd know what you're talking 60%. about. I don't, I don't get it. Is that you were recruiting for a job, and instead of sending people out direct emails discussing the job, you sent the same people you wanted to recruit notices about what the company is doing. Is that, is that, am and I at, right about that? And at the end, we would like to talk, discuss this with you. We'd like okay. to get your thoughts on who you might know in the marketing space. Okay, so you weren't putting people into a pipeline subtle. for ongoing emails. You were recruiting people for a specific job that way. Is that, is that right? We were recruiting people for the specific job and pipelining them for future for, for okay, so Jerry years. doesn't believe in pipelines. He doesn't believe they exist. They is were Jerry sending market information. They were sending – that was interesting. They were sending competitive market information. People find that stuff irresistible. Thank you, Maureen. Okay. Um, Thank you, Maureen. Yeah. Okay. You're but welcome, is Jerry, Tammy. Is Jerry still here, or is he still awake? Because he doesn't believe in that pipelines exist. Oh, no, he's gone. You know, that's one thing I don't understand. Why more companies don't do is send out a newsletter, a monthly newsletter, to all their employees. And some companies probably do this, but I would bet that more companies don't. And um, have a. A, like an HR focus, you know, news from your HR department, news from your staffing department. This is what we're doing. Hey, do you know anybody for these positions? Yeah, I, I would think, think they're old hat, old hat, old hat. I don't know. I don't know. Right, I see that with larger companies. Mm-hmm. It, they, they do. They do that in larger companies, like Nestle to their and own employees. Larger, yeah, because you know what? I had to recruit a. I had to recruit a director of HR once, and one of the things they were responsible for was a newsletter that went out to 13,000 employees worldwide, just like Tammy just said. Tammy, I'm moving on to a great question. I'm sorry I didn't get it to it before, okay? What do you think? Do you think this is a good inter- – somebody was going to say – I got a feeling I'm so boring today. What's wrong? Help me. Okay. Um, is, is this a good interview question? When Are you asking you for help, help, Michael? Yeah, I'm asking for help. I'm pleading. But I'm now I've got a question, a good question. <laughs> Is this a good interview question? When did you become awesome? When did I become <laughs> awesome? The day Not I you. graduated Not from you. Paris Island, South Carolina. Not you. Not you. Yeah. A candidate. A candidate. <laughs> Ask someone in an interview. When did you become awesome? 
I don't know why I would ask that question to a candidate. I really don't. It sounds like a great question, but I don't know of a situation that I would ask a candidate that question. Is, Is Alejandro awesome? there? Is Alejandro yeah, there? Yeah, I'm here. Any open-ended I will question? Ask, what, what makes you special? Is yeah, that the same, same as question, when did you become awesome? Yeah, it's the same question. It's seeing how this person thinks. Immediately you reference your time in the Marine Corps. So now that's going to open up whole new avenues of questions, right? And it's going to talk about your experience. It flushes you out as a candidate. It brings you to the table as a person. So, yeah, it's a good question. I might not use the, that exact verbiage, but open-ended questions that are going to, you know, yeah, I was lead talking to about digging that deeper exact, are great. I was talking about that exact verbiage. Nobody seems to like it. Awesome. So, so, and the guy said, I'm, said I'm awesome. I'm not a valid girl. I, Sorry. I say, you're coming here to apply for a job, and you're uh, arguing with me that you're not awesome? That's not a good move, pal. I want someone who's awesome. I want to hire well, an Well, I had awesome a candidate person. tell me on the phone, well, I don't want to brag. I said, well, if you're not going to brag now, when's the time to start bragging, buddy? You know, it's now you want to <laughs> brag to me, you know? So you're so. using it as a lesson to the candidates? That's interesting. If it works for you, it works for you. It just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Different personality. What do you mean? I have a certain way of approaching candidates that I'm very successful with. Uh-huh. If that works for him, it works for him. What's it doesn't fit with my personality. What's your approach my is so gen- successful. My approach is a, is a personal connection. What's that? I it's ask so them far- what makes them special. Uh huh. I don't like that question. And I what share do you- with them. Yeah. You don't have to like the question. It works for me. <laughs> what do you get? What kind of answers do you get? Generally, I get two or three things that makes them stand out as a candidate. Sometimes I get personal information. Uh, the business analyst that I spoke with yesterday, she, I asked her what made her special. She, she said that she had put herself through college and she had a tenacity to overcome any obstacles. She also said that she'd taken four classes in data mining, which made her uniquely qualified to have this particular job with this particular company. It's a business analyst for a pricing strategy company. She, she says, I understand exactly what they're wanting to do. I've got the experience from school to be able to do it. So she told me the two things that would help me promote the candidate into the company. Okay, so if someone asked me what makes you special, the first thing that goes to mind, I'm not special. I can do your job, okay? Isn't that enough? Sometimes you do get that response. Okay. Like, well, somebody look, said, look. if you're not going to brag now, when, why would, you know, yeah. okay. when do you okay. start? Here's something, another true story from Facebook. The hiring manager who interviewed my guy last week complained that he called women, girls, and young people kids. And he got knocked out for that reason. Are girls and kids, are those bad words? Depending on the culture of the company, yes. Personally, uh, I don't have an opinion one way or another. Personally, people use those terms. It's not offensive to me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a girl. I have girl parts. I don't know how they're going to have to get around that. But I to, if it doesn't fit in the culture of the company, girl, yes, I can understand why that speaking, would knock somebody speaking out. Of you, speaking of you being a girl, I like the long hair look better than the short <laughs> hair. I did quite a bit of research. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, no, it's you true. Stylist, I, went, you know, I saw that video. When you pay for the stylist, I'll keep my hair long, animal. No, I saw the video you did from uh, for Bill Borman uh, with the long hair, and that was the first thing that attracted me to you, okay? I just want you to know. 
But then I saw you do a video with real short hair. I didn't like that, okay? Just want you to know that. Moving on. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm glad my husband likes the short hair. Yeah, okay. You know, are are references more important than interviews? Because that's what the guy, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, says. References are more important than interviews. Interviews are just a chemistry check after the reference. Really? No. I, companies do references, but nine times out of ten, you're, what imp, what candidate's going to give a reference for somebody who's going to say they suck? Not, it doesn't you ask happen. for well, their managers. You ask for their managers. They don't tell you, call my neighbor or my cousin. You tell them who you want. But what if those people aren't available? Two companies I worked for previously, my manager is long gone. One of them is actually dead and completely unreachable. The other one lives in somewhere in Southeast Asia. Dubai, I think. They're not going to pick up the phone and call that person. Uh, uh, First of all, Dubai is the Middle East, not Southeast Asia. Wake up, please. Okay. Secondly, I've called Finland. I've said it on the show. I called Europe for references. This is a global world. It's not such a weird thing today. Okay. Forget forget about that. Rich Recruiter. We're almost done. Rich Recruiter said, uh, Twitter. He said, prospects don't want you to talk. To, don't want to talk to strangers about their family or the weather. Get to the point. Do you use icebreakers or do you just say hi? This is what I'm here for. Generally, I say, hi, this is what I'm here for. Okay. Anybody want to disagree with If it's someone I know, I'll use an icebreaker. But generally, it's, hi, this is what I'm here for. If it's someone you know, it's not a cold call anymore. Is Jeff Newman there here still? He's usually gone after I don't pay that much attention to him. <laughs> gone? Sorry. I let him talk today. Last, I felt so bad last week he wanted to give a, a lecture about anarchy or something like that, and I... I cut him off at when he started talking about Robert Anton Wilson or something. And I, you know, I I have feelings. I felt guilty, so I I thought I'd give him a chance to talk about this. You have feelings? Yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay, we're almost done. I learned something new today. Is there anything you'd like to tell us in the last few minutes? I feel like I've been struggling. I haven't got the rhythm going. We're not dancing on this show. I mean, I just keep asking you to dance. That's a, that's what's going on. Is there anything you'd like to, you know, pep it up for the last few minutes that's really important to you? No speeches. Um, Yeah, you know, everybody bashes on Cleveland. I hear so many people, oh, my God, you live in Cleveland. That must be awful. i got to tell you. This place is cool. I agree. You're you're never for lack of something to do. We have a beautiful lake. Mm -hmm. We have great cultural experiences. Very very cosmopolitan. It's very cosmopolitan. I agree, and it's half the cost of a big city. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You want a great food scene? This is where to come. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to clip that for you, that little promo you did for Cleveland, and then you can put it on your website, because I notice you like to get mentioned in the Cleveland uh, <laughs> press. Okay. Well, you know, when I am when I have to recruit people to move here, yep. it's pretty easy, because I only moved here four years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. Would you call it yeah. a little big city or a big little city? I would call it a big little city. Everybody knows everybody. It's like living in a town of 5,000 people. <laughs> okay. Now, All you have to Jer- do is get connected, and you're, the sky's the limit. I mm-hmm. st- we should have started off talking about Cleveland because uh, 
that would have warmed you up properly. You didn't give me the right warm up mm-hmm. question. I had to sing a song. Okay, is Jerry still on the line, or you know, is he? Yeah, you know, I'm cooking? still on the line. Are you going to have an after show, or are you staying away from this because you're friends with Frank Zupan? I've never, I've never said that. Oh, I'm asking. So there's an after show. Of course. Okay, Tammy. Was Frank I, was Frank your guest today? No, but I must uh, have missed. <laughs> Jerry's awake. Yeah. Okay. Look, Tammy, I'm going to consider this to be our warm-up session. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, put it in any lewd terms, but this is our warm-up. I'd like you to come back again. Okay. So uh, I've got a feeling we'll really mix it up then. Right. Thank Who's still with me? Am I supposed to hang up, Jerry? Yes, I'm sorry, Tammy. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, see ya. Okay, there's one after-show guest going. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> What's up, Maureen? I can. I... I'm good. How are you? Good. How's the? You go uh, to Cleveland often? From time to time, yes, I do. Yeah. Well, would you call it a big little city or a little bit? over there. Well, it's obviously a big city. Mhm. You know. I call it a little big city because it has all the amenities of a big city, but small enough to get around easily in. Uh, you know, it's it's got its own little neighborhoods that are all put together, and mm-hmm. each has its own you know little culture. If I'm mm-hmm. allowed to use that word. Mhm. And uh, now I've gone over there. Uh, I go over to go fishing from time to time. Out yeah. on the big lake in Cleveland. Oh, the fantastic fishing is, is it's amazing. Great mm-hmm. perch. Mm-hmm. A perch. Um, and I'm, I believe I'm free to admit that I've gone over and had uh, dinner with Frank and Tammy a few times. Yeah. I get around. I meet people. Mm, I see that. You know, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> I've got customers in Cleveland, and I go visit, you know, uh, employees and managers and HR peoples and different stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's over there, and I go there. Mm-hmm. It's about a, well, a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Not too bad. You spend the night up there? Uh, from time to time, yes, I do. Yeah? Yeah. Where do you stay? Well, uh, all over the place. Normally I like to, uh, you know, stay in just like a uh, bordello, if possible. A, a bordello? Bed and yeah. breakfast? What? A bed and breakfast. <laughs> a hostel. A hostel. <laughs> you know, we uh, a friend and I went to a, a concert in Indianapolis, and there were there were no hotels anywhere nearby. It was like on the far north side, so we decided we decided we'd try out a hostel. Okay. Mhm. And there actually is one in Indy, and it was rather interesting, very communal. Uh, you sleep on the floor? No, no. There's the bunk beds and stuff. It was like yeah. twenty bucks. It was great. Yeah. 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 A bed. You get a shower, hot shower, or cold shower. All of it. Yeah, a hot shower. <laughs> yeah. Three other people were in there, but you know, hey, it's all part of the twenty bucks. You know. Yeah, muffins in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That is yeah. my favorite. 
What do you think about the show with Tammy? I enjoyed Tammy it. Tammy Colson Zupan. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I enjoyed no? it. I imagine you'll give it a give it a ninety-eight, probably. Yeah, of course. Does that sound about right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows our oh, history. I wonder why Animal thinks he. I wonder why Animal thinks guests are going to warm up when the, he puts them on the spot and makes them sing. <laughs> you know, is there is there any kind of like a book we can get him? Anything to help him? He's a, He's in a slump. It's obvious. I mean, he's... How to host a radio show? Yeah. I don't think he's in a slump, but that part could use some work. The singing part. It needs to I mean, end. people it don't want to listen... It doesn't need people any People don't want to listen to themselves to anyway. Right. It, it it needs to end. Period. Yeah, I mean... And then, come on my show and sing? Uh, I was thinking about it, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the kiss of death. So, so... so Give us a score uh, between zero and a hundred. I can't go with ninety-eight. No, you can't. You can't okay. give that show a ninety-eight. That discredits you forever. <laughs> give us a real score. <laughs> you I tell know. me that every week. I, okay, I, we're only I know that you're only a right, I know you're only a sorcerer. Okay, so okay. you probably don't know, know about all this other that's stuff. That's so. right. That's right. Okay, and I can't. Judge Animal on this, right? We're just judging. No, the whole show. Oh, the whole show. Okay. All of it. The whole cabal. Okay. I'm going to go with a 90. I enjoyed it. And only because I'm not allowed to give it a 98. I'll go with a 90. Alejandro, are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, did um, you fall asleep? Uh, what, what do you think about it? I mean, yeah, I'll give it an 80. Uh, too many situational questions that he wants specific answers for. So my hit is on animal, uh, but otherwise it was a good, a good show. It's just so interesting that he expects a very specific answer to a, to a scenario right. which you would only know based on how that scenario came to pass. Yeah. And it, uh, when is he going to get that? Wake up, animal! It's ridiculous. Well, don't I mean, take. Let's not take Tammy down with the sinking ship. Yeah, but that's I mean, the way it works. It's yeah, average, that's the way it right? goes, yeah. Tammy, Tammy helps her out. It's a yeah. team score. Yeah. I'm not trying to drag her down with the sinking ship. It's just it was a little flat today. Yeah. But she's going to she's gonna take the hit. You're too... Okay. You're too concerned. I'm with you. Would you prefer I, I sugarcoat it? it? You would I mean, not make it as an I Olympic judge. I I understand. <laughs> Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. All right, fine. Ten. Can I give an eleven? Can I give an eleven here? Just ten. Ten's it. Okay, ten. He, she gave a seven. So can I give a fourteen? <laughs> there you go. Bring it back up. <laughs> Big day in okay. politics. And now I have to visit Cleveland though and see if. Oh, Cleveland's great. Yeah. Cleveland's I've great. never yeah, Cleveland's been. Cleveland's cool. I'll have to check it out. They live in a little uh, enclave called Tremont. Mm. A couple of super restaurants there. I mean, all within just several blocks of each other. Very, it's very cool place. I like it. And I like the old town industry. You know, the old industry mm-hmm. feel of it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like you know, business is getting done. I've always been intrigued by our old uh, steel industry and Carnegie's and Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. the grittiness of it all. Mm-hmm. I I picture myself being a a, a steel tycoon back in the day. A magnet. Yeah. A yeah. magnate. 
How I mean, do you that, say that, that, that could have been me. I think it's magnate. That could have been you, a magnate. I don't know. A magnate. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Okay. Who else is with us? Anybody, or is it just just uh, the three of us? See, when when Animal has a flat show, people aren't interested to stay the whole time. Next thing you know, it's just a small group of people, and so here we are. And and you and your show suffers. I see. I see the anger and the anger. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I get it now. (laughs) He needs to do a half an hour show, so at least as the people are starting to think about bailing out, then it rolls right on into my show, and then it's cool. Open Mm -hmm. Open Line Wednesday. There you you go. Yeah, one we could have a group on Facebook, Open Line Wednesday. I like Open it. It has, a, it has a ring. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, you know, I tell you, the uh, Facebook group management stuff, mm-hmm. that'll wear you out. All these <laughs> things just come in phases, you know? Hey, what do you guys think about the new Facebook for work that's uh, starting to get rumored and talked about? Good question. I probably, uh, five years from now, will know about as much about it as I do right now. <laughs> Couldn't care less. Nice. That's just me. That's just me. I mean, I. It's just late you know. to adopt. Yeah. No, I was late to magnate. I don't adopt anything. Yeah. No. Though we are adopting a one-year-old brown medium-sized tiger cat next tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. Next oh, yeah? tomorrow. Afternoon. Yeah. From yeah. where? Why and when? From the pound. Tomorrow. From the yeah. from the vet. Uh, mm-hmm. I took my dog in there to get his shots and stuff because if you take a hunting dog to another state, mm-hmm. you have to. Have, yeah, I mean you have. To, of course, we we keep our dog up to date with shots and stuff, but you got to have all the all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was in there getting my dog taken care of, and I saw a sign that they have some free barn cats, and we mm-hmm. only have one barn cat right now, and. I'm sure that she's overworked, especially this time of year, because all the mice want to start getting in there and getting busy. <laughs> Alejandro, you probably don't need barn cats, do you? I have a pair of cats. They think they're barn cats. They just yeah. do whatever the hell they want. They terrorize me. Yeah. So we need another one. We need a partner out there in the barn. I, I tell you, living out in the country with outbuildings and stuff, if you don't have a barn cat, oh, my goodness. Get overrun. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. oh my. You getting a male barn cat or a female barn cat? Uh, this will be a female. And see, yeah. at the vet, they're already spayed, neutered, whatever. Oh, oh they take all the fun out of it. Oh, uh, no. I <laughs> yeah, I, made, I made the mistake of having a non-spayed bar cat, barn cat. Yeah. Yeah. Then he had a lot then, of barn cats. Then I had eight. Then I had yeah. 16. I, I remember mm-hmm. the, the last round, I was just shoving them in boxes, sticking them in my friend's car. Drunk. Taking them around. Get these cats out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're responsible uh, barn cat owners. Uh, you know, spay and neuter. Yeah, but you know, you'd try to get one from the pound. They don't want to give them to you before they're like three years old. Uh, this one's one year old. Yeah. Just about mm-hmm. right. So we'll we'll see how she does, and uh, we're always having auditions around here. <laughs> and what if she doesn't work out? Well. She'll probably she go then? She'll probably move, be my guess. Yeah. <laughs> will, she, will it be an eviction? Yeah, I've got some, what makes her awesome. Some animal welfare person is going to hear this and be calling me up. I do yeah. not harm any animals. <laughs> I can't help it if all of a sudden they decide to move. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, and my my kids seem to understand that. That they they move on. You know, that's what bond cats mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Well, have a super uh, rest of your week, everybody. I mean, I hope, All right. I hope whatever you're yeah, working you on really turns out to to go well for you. Okay. Yeah, if you okay. run into any problems with any of it, give me a call and I'll uh, I'll give you a third party perspective on it. Okay. For free. Okay, nice. even better. Two six zero three four seven seventeen fifteen. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> You're See <entitled>. y'all <laughs> tonight. Bye.